Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. 1 John chapter 2 verse 26 and 27 and we're going to continue with the series of teaching on the anointing within. The anointing within. And today we are on part five. This is the fifth week that we are teaching on the same subject. And so let's read the two foundational scriptures and go into the lesson, please. John writes to the church and he says to them, in verse 26 of 1 John chapter 2, These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now, we have been studying this subject for several weeks now, and we were looking at the value and the importance of the anointing of the Holy Spirit within the born-again believer, as well as His role in helping us through life in order to avoid and navigate the many pitfalls and dangers of deception. If you notice in verse 26, John says that the reason he has written this epistle is to protect the believers from those who are out to deceive them. That is why he says, These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. We need to understand that in our day and age, there are many deceivers in the world today. Even among the community of believers, the Bible talks about false prophets, false teachers, and false brethren whose mission is to lead God's people away from the truth. This is a fact. Paul calls them false brethren, and he often talks about them in several places in the New Testament, and he warns believers to be on the lookout. Let's look at a couple of verses and see what the Apostle Paul had to say about that. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and we're going to read verse 13, 14, and 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and we're going to look at verse 13, 14, and 15. Are you there? The Apostle Paul says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ, and no wonder. For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore it is of no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works." So, we see here very clearly that even in the community of believers, there are false teachers, false apostles who claim to be followers of Christ, yet Paul warns us. And one of the reasons that the Lord has given us the anointing of His Spirit within is so that we can navigate through our Christian walk without being deceived. And if we learn to listen to that inward witness, to the leading and to the guidance of the Spirit within us, 
we will be able to avoid these pitfalls and the deception that is running rampant today, even in the community of believers. Again, Paul writes to the church in Philippi because he he goes on about this particular subject and he does not want us as believers to be ignorant of this fact. He tells them in Philippians 3 and verse 18, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, who is he referring to? He is referring to believers who claim to be followers of Christ, yet their lifestyle, their character, does not conform to what they profess to know, what they profess to believe. One of the signs is that he says they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, to be an enemy of the cross of Christ means that you, that, that, that instead of serving Christ, you serve yourself. You have not surrendered yourself to Christ. You have not laid down your own life, as Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up the cross, and follow me. So the enemies of the cross of Christ are people who profess to know Christ, to follow Christ, but yet in their lives or in the in their walk and in their conduct, they deny the very Lord whom they serve, they proclaim to serve anyway. So finally, you know, you, we need to understand, family, that we are living in days of massive deception. One of the primary roles of the anointing of the Holy Spirit within us is to protect us from being deceived and being led astray into a path that is not of the truth, that is not of Christ. Jesus said, take heed that no one deceives you. Now, we hear of people, Christian people, I don't know, but I've heard of such instances, good people, being lured into business schemes and ventures only to end up losing everything they had. Pyramid schemes. And, and, and you know, that, that they look so attractive and people have been deceived into believing these people and they ended up losing everything they had. We hear of believers being lured into relationships on the internet, especially young folk only to be left later on with a broken heart and a devastated soul because they have been deceived. The devil's primary weapon is deception. He is a master in making people believe a lie. Amen? And that's, that's, his, that's, his, that's his strongest weapon. I recall back in the 1980s, I was a young believer Someone wrote a book entitled 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 1988. Now, <laughs> many, many believers believed it. They bought the books. They believed it. They, 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 just, they just swallowed this lie. And some of them even sold their possessions, everything, and they went out on a farm on these big farms, and they're waiting for Jesus to come back in 1988. Well, 1988 came and Jesus didn't come. They were deceived. They were hooked into believing a lie. Now, if, we, if these folks have listened to the Spirit within them, they would have known that this is deception because the Word of God plainly states that no man knows the day or the hour. And when we start putting days and time and years when the Lord is coming back, then we're moving into error and deception. Are you out there? That is why John reminds us in his letter saying to us that we have within us an anointing, an unction from the Holy One, And if we learn to navigate, to follow Him, we will navigate through these many pitfalls without being deceived or being led into deception. Now, I know from experience as well as from what the Bible teaches 
that spiritual growth and spiritual maturity are the result of being led and being guided by the anointing of the Holy Spirit who resides within our spirit. The Word of God tells us that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, there is a difference between being a son and being a child. The most vulnerable people for deception are spiritual infants or spiritual children. But you cannot easily deceive a son because a son is a mature believer and has learned to follow the inner guidance of the Holy Spirit within him. Amen? Amen. Now, we need to learn somehow to listen to our spirits deep down within and trust the inner guidance He continually gives us. And it's something that we learn by practice. It's something that we learn as we wait on the Lord with expectancy because Jesus said that the Spirit will guide you into all truth. He said not only He will guide you into all truth, but the anointing within you will also show you things to come in your own life. Those things that He was talking about are the things that the Father has prepared for you. They are out there in the future, but the Spirit shows you those things at times in order to prepare you for what God has prepared for you. And it's a wonderful thing because if you, if you know what awaits you, if you know, now God is not going to show you every detail of His plan, but He's going to give you broad strokes of what He has prepared for you as His beloved child. And once you get a glimpse of that, then you begin to prepare yourself for those things so they don't come and take you by surprise. Amen. Amen. So Amen. Th this takes place as we learn to fellowship with the Spirit, as we learn to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit and learn to listen to Him and how He communicates to us through uh, the Word of God or through that inward witness. Now, this is a question of all questions, and I have been asked this question many times. How does the Spirit communicate with us? How does He let us know? What, how does He lead and guide us? If we are to be led by the Spirit, then we need to know how does He do that? Amen? Amen. So, you know, there are, there are various ways that he communicates, but today we're going to touch on the primary way that the Spirit of God communicates with every born-again believer. Remember that the Spirit, the Spirit of God, resides within your spirit. He does not live in your mind, nor in your body, but He resides within your spirit. And remember, man is a three-part being. He is a spirit being. Who, he has a soul, which is made up of our will, our mind, and our emotions, and we live in a body. So we're not just a body, we're not just a mind, we are primarily spirit beings. God yes. is a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And if we, are, if we are made in the likeness and in the image of God, then we must of necessity be primarily spirit beings. So it helps us to know ourselves as spirit beings. And we need to become more and more aware and more and more conscious of our spirit who lives within, deep down on the inner part of us. Now, the primary way, the prime, this is not the only way, but the primary way 
that the Spirit communicates with our spirit, the Holy Spirit communicates with our spirit, is through the inward witness. What we call also spiritual intuition. Or you can call it an inner knowing. Sometimes you know things, but you cannot explain how you know them. You ever had that experience? Yes. Let me ask you this. How do you know you are a child of God? You just do. <laughs> <laughs> you just do. The Bible says... <laughs> look, at, look at Romans chapter 8, verse 16, what it says. Romans 8, verse 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Notice the phrase, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. How do you know that you are a child of God? Because you have an assurance within you. The Holy Spirit bearing witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. This is what we call the inward witness or spiritual intuition, or an inner knowing, sometimes a small, still voice. But it's not really a voice, it's, an, it's a witness, it's, a, it's an inner confirmation or testimony within your spirit. Am I making sense? Yes. Now, an intuition or a witness of the Spirit is a direct perception of truth or fact independent of any reasoning process. You, yeah, didn't, you yeah. didn't come to that understanding or that knowledge because you have reasoned it out. This, right. this, this witness we're speaking about it is an inner knowing in your spirit that bypasses your intellect and your reasoning faculties. Amen. The witness of the spirit is a primary or the primary way that God leads all of his children. If he lets us know in this all-important matter that we are children of God by the inner witness then surely He will let us know other things by the same witness or by the same knowing. Amen. So, Amen. what we need to do is to become, learn to become more spirit conscious. conscious. We need to be conscious of our spirits deep within. Some people call it a gut feeling. Have you ever heard that expression? I just knew that I knew that I knew that I shouldn't do that or that I shouldn't go this way. And so often we violate that inner witness only to our own detriment. We must learn to follow that inner witness because it is a safe guide and it is the primary way the Spirit leads and guides us, even in the minutest details of our daily life. Now, for instance, if your conscience is clear, it's been washed in the blood, the moment you tell a lie, there is something scratching down on the inside of it. And you know what you did was a lie. It's a sin. How many of you know that? You know, there's something in you that tells you. There's a bell ringing if, you, if you're sensitive to your conscience. Well, that's the Spirit alerting you to something. And what we need to, or we say some things and we realize, uh-uh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> That's the spirit within alerting you so that what you said wasn't right. You need to repent and put it right. Lord, forgive me, I shouldn't have said that. Are, are you with me? Yes. Now, we need to learn how to pay attention to that spiritual intuition. Uh -huh. By educating 
and training our spirits with the Word of God. Now, we were created, the Bible says, we were created for spiritual fellowship with our Heavenly Father. It is in the heart of every human being, the longing, the hunger for the touch of the supernatural. We were created for fellowship with our Heavenly Father, who is a spirit being. It is in our culture, it is in our spiritual nature and in our spiritual DNA to want to communicate and fellowship with God in the Spirit. Amen. The Bible says that Adam, before the fall, walked and fellowshiped with God in the cool of the day. They fellowshiped, they communicated together, spirit to spirit. Now that beautiful relationship and that wonderful communication in the Spirit was severed as a result of the fall. But Jesus came to earth, He died on our behalf, rose again, sent down the Spirit to live within us so that we can come back into that inner communication and fellowship with God who is a spirit being. That fellowship was restored through Jesus Christ our Lord. And God longs to communicate and to fellowship with each and every one of us concerning life, concerning your business, concerning your marriage, concerning your children, concerning every area of life. Amen. God wants to get involved and wants to help us in every sphere of life. Amen. Now, God the Father made this possible, of course, through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Our spirits, though, can be educated and cultivated and trained just as our minds can be educated and trained. Even our bodies can be trained and bring them into a state that we would like them to be. The fact is that millions are spent on a daily basis on educating the human mind and training the human body but very little is being done about the education and the training of our human spirit. Amen. Just as our bodies can be trained, our spirits can be trained. Just as our minds can be educated, our spirits can be educated and trained to learn to listen and to follow the witness and the guidance of the Spirit of God within us. So this is not something that automatically happens. We need to study and educate in the Word of God and train our spirits to follow the leading of the Spirit. Now, spiritual education is just as important as mental education. We need to understand that. Spiritual education is just as important as mental education. God's holy word is the primary educator and trainer of the human spirit. Jesus said that the words I speak to you, they are what? They are life. They are spirit. And they are life. God's word is spirit food. Yes. Amen. Amen. So the word of God is the master or the primary educator and trainer of the human spirit. And we can train our spirits to listen and attend to the Holy Spirit within us and receive guidance even in the minutest details of our daily lives. Amen. Let me say this. Your spirit knows things that your head doesn't know. Your spirit has no limits. You have unlimited, you have unlimited strength, unlimited capacity and unlimited knowledge in your spirit. Really? Yes. 
So your spirit knows far more than what your head knows. You know why? Be because your spirit is in direct fellowship and contact with the Holy Spirit who knows all things. Why do you think John said in his epistle, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things? He's talking to your spirit man. Your spirit knows things that your head does not know. The secret is getting them from your spirit to your mind so that you can actually practice that kind of knowledge that you receive. Amen. Amen. And we're going to talk Amen. about how to do that. Now, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27. You, you're probably hearing things you haven't heard before in the church. Am I right? If you're hearing this for the first time, can I see your hand, please? Praise the Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. Look at that verse. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And it says, The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord searching all the inner parts or the inner depths of his heart. Let's look at it again. Let's read it again. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Uh, sorry, what other translation? Another translation says, the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. Yeah. I like, to be honest with you, I like the New King James Version or the King James. The spirit of a man is the lamp or the candle of the Lord. What does this mean? In plain language, let me give it to you in plain language. In plain language, this means when the Lord wants to communicate with you, He lights up your lamp. Did you, did you get that? When, yes. when the Lord wants to communicate with you or with me, He lights up our lamp, our spirits. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. He turns the light on in your spirit. And your spirit is God's lamp. Amen? Yes. So God is spirit... And when he communicates, he does so in the spirit, not in the flesh. Some people are trying to hear God uh, in, in a loud voice, in a thunder from heaven. God doesn't speak. He can if he wants to. But that's not the way he communicates with us. Or most people look, look into the physical world looking for something the, uh, to show that God is communicating with him. Well, God does not communicate in the physical realm, the way we think. He communicates in the spirit because he is spirit and he communicates with our spirit directly and we need to learn how he does so so that we can be open to that spiritual communication and fellowship with God. Amen. Now, uh, people who are not spiritual, of course, God will try in some other way to help them see or understand what he's trying to communicate to them. But when it comes to his children who are born of his spirit, this is the primary way that God communicates with us. Uh -huh. We need to learn to listen to our spirits more and more and, um, and, and, and learn to catch or discern what he's communicating to us.
Now, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to read something interesting here in regards to the subject that we are speaking about. I want every one of you in time to grow spiritually, to learn to discern the guidance of the Spirit within you, to receive direct revelation from the Spirit within you, and so that you can be led and guided by the Spirit on a daily basis. Because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, mature sons and daughters of God that are not easily deceived, that are not easily influenced by physical circumstances, and, and they are not, as Ephesians chapter 4 says, they are not being tossed with every wind of doctrine. Today there are so many winds that are blowing, even in the church. And unless you are mature, unless you are discerning, unless you're learning to listen and be led by the Spirit, you will be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that flows and blows through the church. Amen. We need to become rooted and grounded in love and in the truth of the Word of God. That's why John says, but that anointing within you is true and is no lie, and that anointing will teach you to abide and remain in Christ, in the truth. Amen. Amen. So have you found 1 Corinthians chapter 2? And we're going to read from verse 9 through to 13. All right. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Notice that Paul says, your natural physical eyes and ears and your mind has never seen nor heard the very things that God has prepared for those who love Him. How many of us love God? Well, that scripture tells me that because I love the Lord and because you love the Lord, God has prepared things for you. He has already prepared them. He has already given them to you. He has already deposited them into your account. But those things cannot be seen by your natural eye and you cannot hear them with your physical ears. So how would you know what God has already prepared for you and I? Because if, if you don't know what God has prepared for you, how can you walk in them? Hello? Listen, we call not to live a natural life, but to live a supernatural life by the power of the supernatural spirit who lives within us. We are, not, we are not just natural beings. We are supernatural beings because we have a supernatural God and who lives within us by his supernatural spirit. And we are called to do things that are impossible for man to do, but possible for us because we believe and because we have the Spirit of God living within us. Amen. Amen. Now, how would you know those things that God has prepared for you if you can't see them, you can't hear them, your mind has not even imagined or fathomed the wonderful things that God has prepared for you? Well, verse 10 tells us how. Look at verse 10. But God has revealed them to us. What's them? Those things that God has prepared for us. God reveals them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. He's talking about the Holy Spirit living within you, searching and helping your spirit man to catch a glimpse 
and to receive understanding and revelation of those things that God has prepared for you. So that you can confidently walk in them, experience them, possess them, obtain them by the revelation of the Spirit. If you can't see them on the inside of you, you can't possess them on the outside. Hello? Now, let's go on read. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know, underline that verse, that we might know, know what? The things that have been freely given to us by God. He's talking about those things again that God prepared for you because you love Him. By the revelation of the Spirit, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. For what purpose? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches Comparing spiritual things with spirituals. That's a wonderful, wonderful verse of Scripture. We have received the Spirit who is from God, who resides within our spirit, that we might know the things that God has freely given to us. That is part of our inheritance as children of the living God. Now... This portion of Scripture clearly tells us that we know things. How do we know? By the inward witness. By the revelation of the Spirit, we know. We know things because of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit who resides within our spirits, informing us of things which cannot be understood or obtained by intellect or our physical senses. In other words, the Spirit of God within you informs your spirit of things that belong to you that your eyes cannot see and your feelings cannot feel and your ears cannot hear. Amen. Do you see the preciousness of the indwelling presence of the Spirit. Do you see the value and the importance of learning and training our human spirits to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit who resides within us? I personally believe there is an undiscovered world of the Spirit that waits for us to discover by those who are born of the Spirit of God. Amen. It belongs to us. The spiritual world is our, if I can put it that way, is our natural habitat because we are primarily spirit beings. But you see, we have been so body conscious and we have been so mind conscious that we have neglected to cultivate and to educate the spirit part of us, where it becomes more dominant than our body, where it becomes more dominant than our reasoning faculties. Do you see that? Uh Now, I believe we need to become less body conscious, less mind conscious, and more spirit conscious. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him how? In spirit and in truth. 
in spirit and in truth. By the same token, we can also say that God is spirit and those who walk with him must walk in spirit and in truth. Amen. 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 Now, speaking from my own experiences, I've been born again now for 41 years. This August will be uh, 42 years. And I can confidently say that throughout the years of my journey with the Lord, I have endeavored to the best of my ability to follow that inner witness of the Spirit. It has been the greatest blessing in my life to know the direction that the Lord wanted me to go and to understand the leading that He was giving me by the Spirit. Now, there were times when I was, of course, more sensitive to this inner guidance and inner witness than other times. But I can testify that He has always led me in the way that I should go. And words are inadequate to express my gratitude and appreciation to the Lord for this wonderful guidance, for this wonderful inner witness of the Spirit within my spirit. Now, through His help and through this inner witness, I was able to transition from one season into the next season. Not only in my own personal spiritual life, but also in my ministerial life by the same inner witness and spiritual intuition, if I could call it that way. I knew certain things. I couldn't explain how I knew them, but I knew. Right. I knew by the Spirit long before that I was called into the ministry that one day I would end up being a preacher. Now, don't ask me to explain how I knew. I just knew it deep down inside of my spirit. That was the inner witness of the spirit that we've been teaching about. Yeah. Now, I knew when it was time to leave the world of business and step into the ministry that I am doing at this point in time. How did I know? I mean, no one told me. I understand there were prophetic utterances over my life, which they didn't tell me anything new. They already confirmed what I already knew in my spirit. So they came as confirmation, not as direction. It's very dangerous to listen to prophetic utterance and use them as direction without having that inner knowing or yeah. that inner witness in your spirit. And many have followed prophetic utterances and they've landed themselves in trouble because that utterance was not confirming or testifying to what they already knew. Right. Are you with me? Yes. You know, I've heard of insta instant instances where people stood up and say, this girl should marry this guy and this guy should marry this girl. And man, they ended up in trouble. You... That is not the way God leads His people. Hello? The Bible doesn't say we are to be led by prophetic utterances. The primary way that God leads His children is through the inward witness, is through that inward testimony of the Spirit within us. Now, I... Uh, I knew when it was time to leave Zimbabwe and I knew when it was time to come into South Africa. How did I know? By the same inward witness. When you spend time fellowshipping with God in the Word, when you spend time praying, praying in the Spirit, when you're still enough, you know, so, so often we're so busy. You know, we may quiet the body for a while, but our minds is still very active and very busy. And we think of 101 things that we need to be doing. We need to be still in order to pick up this inner witness, this still small voice deep down within us. That's why Amen. the Bible says, be still and know. Now, if you're not still, if you're not quiet, you could miss it. 
because the Spirit does not shout. He doesn't raise His voice. He doesn't scream at you. Are you with me? Yes. You can so easily miss this inward witness if your mind is so active and you're so busy. But when you spend time on a regular basis fellowshipping with God, studying the Word, meditating the Word, and praying, God is able to communicate with you His desires, His will, and His direction for your life. Warn you of things to come. Amen? Amen. The Spirit bearing witness with our spirit. Paul talks about this inner witness. And in Acts chapter 20, verse 22 and 23, he says the following. Look at that with me. Acts chapter 20, verse 22 and 23. It's getting dark out here. I am reading from the King James Version. This is what Paul says. And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. He was saying that the Holy Spirit witnesses, bearing witness with His Spirit, that in every city he will face afflictions and bonds. How did the Spirit communicate that to him? How did he know? By that same inward witness, that spiritual intuition, that knowing. You know that you know that you know that you know, but you cannot explain how you know, you just know. Amen? It is knowledge, this inward witness, it is knowledge that is directly communicated to your spirit bypassing your mind and your reason. The more we learn to listen to that inward witness, the better we become at it until we get to know the will of God even in the minutest details of our daily lives. And we need to exercise our faith in that regard because God would love to communicate with you on every level, on every situation. Listen to that inward witness. Don't panic. When you face a situation that is bigger than your capabilities or your strength, listen. Stop and listen within you, Amen. deep, deep down within your spirit. Amen. The solutions, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding that we need to live lives of victory, and blessing in the Lord is not outside of us, is inside of us. Amen. Amen. amen? So stop amen. looking out there for some miracle. Look within. Look within. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Yes. But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you, is in us. The King of glory is in us. The wisdom of God is in us. The knowledge that we need is in us. The strength we need is in us. Amen. Amen. Learning to cooperate with His presence. Learning to, to listen and to humble ourselves before Him. Submitting ourselves to Him and resisting the devil. We will obtain victory in every area of life. Now, quickly, I have four steps in how to educate and train your human spirit. Four steps. Four simple steps. Number one, attend 
to the Word of God. The Word of God is the primary instructor of our human spirits. Spend time in reading the Word, studying the Word, and meditating in the Word. You don't have to do that for hours. Take a verse of Scripture that you feel it's applicable to your situation and meditate on that verse. Roll it over in your mind. Memorize it. Quote it. Um, learn to memorize Scripture like the blessing that we read the last time. Deuteronomy 28. This is the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of Abraham. You will be blessed when you go out, blessed when you come in, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. Amen. Blessed shall be your basket. And learn to meditate and spend time in the Word because the Word of God is the instructor and the educator of our human spirit. The words that Jesus speaks, they are spirit and they are life. Number two, practice the Word. Practice the Word that you know. Don't be just a hearer, but a doer of the Word. Amen? Amen. Step number three, pray in the Spirit. Pray in other tongues. God, if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, you have an ability to communicate with God on a spiritual level, on a supernatural level. The Bible says, He who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men but unto God. It's a supernatural communication with God who is a spirit. How be it, he says, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. The Greek word there is divine secrets. When you're speaking in the Spirit, in other tongues, you're not speaking to yourself, you're not speaking to man, for no man understands what you're saying. You are speaking directly to God. And your Spirit knows what you need and is in communication with God. Direct communication. And in the Spirit, you are speaking mysteries, divine secrets. So the more you speak in other tongues, the more you pray in other tongues, the more conscious you will become of your spirit man who lives deep down inside of you. Now many times when I'm speaking in other tongues or praying in other tongues, I would receive revelation, I would receive vision, I would receive direction that came out of my spirit and flooded my mind with revelation knowledge. God does not want us to live in ignorance. Amen. He is a God of light and truth. He wants us to know knowledge and understanding is a blessing from God. That is why Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Ignorance is an enemy, an enemy of God and an enemy of the human race. And part of my ministry is to eliminate ignorance when it comes to our faith and to the Word of God. God has given us a wonderful gift to be able to communicate with Him in the supernatural realm. Amen. And I do believe, this is my personal conviction, that praying in the Spirit is the gateway and the release of the other eight gifts of the Holy Spirit. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and prophecy, and interpretation, and of tongues and all of those things are wonderful gifts that God has released through His Spirit in our lives to enrich our lives so that we can enrich others. Amen. So, Amen. number one is attend to the Word of God. Number two, practice the Word. Number three, pray in the Spirit. And number four, instantly obey the voice of your conscience. Instantly never violate your conscience, even if it costs you. Do not go cross wires with your conscience. Because the more you violate your conscience, the more seared your conscience will become and the more difficult it will be 
to be able to hear and perceive the witness or the voice of the Spirit within you. These are the four symptoms. Sorry, Hayden. Instantly obey the voice of your conscience. The Spirit of God lives within your conscience. Be attentive to your conscience and maintain a clean conscience all the time. Amen. So these are four simple basic steps of educating and training our human spirit to learn how to follow and be led and guided by that inner witness, the still small voice, that inner intuition or that inner knowing, call it what you will. This is the primary way that God leads all of His children. There are other ways. There are visions. There are dreams. There is the Word of God. But this is the primary way in which God leads His children, all of His children. Regardless of where you are, who you are, whether you're a prophet or an apostle or a pastor or an evangelist or a child of God, this is the way God primarily leads all of His children. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Amen. And I trust you've learned something today. And... I, I pray that you need that that we begin to hunger for spiritual things, that we begin to hunger for God to such an extent where God would fill us with understanding and knowledge. Jesus said, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled." We must not be lazy when it comes to these things. We must pursue God, pursue and desire, the Bible says, spiritual gifts. Amen. And the more we hunger for the things of God, for fellowship with God, the more God will reveal himself to us and take us from one level of glory to the next, from one level of faith to the next. Amen. There is a wonderful adventure for you in the Spirit. You need to know that. God has a beautiful plan for your life, a beautiful plan for your children, a beautiful plan for your family. It's far beyond what you imagine, what you have thought. And, and, and you need to embrace that and say, God, I want to experience all that you have for me. I'm not satisfied with what I have. I'm not satisfied with where I am. Thank you for the for the new birth. Thank you for the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the things that you have taught me, Lord. But I still am not satisfied. I refuse to camp in one place. I want to climb the highest place for you in the Spirit. I want to know you more than I've ever known you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to learn how to follow your spirit. I want to learn how to, how to discern the witness of the spirit and begin to walk into those things which you have prepared for me and my family. Amen, amen. So that I can be a blessing to other people. Yes. And lead others to Christ. And yes. be able to help them when they are in trouble. Be able to pray for them when they are sick. Be able to receive revelation knowledge and communicate to them and be helped yes. in the walk with God. Amen. That's Amen. what it's all about, folks. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray as we close and then... Uh, We'll give you a few minutes to, if you have any thoughts or any questions. Father, we want to say thank you. Thank you for the things of the Spirit. Thank you for the world of the Spirit that you have opened up to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that the very Spirit of God indwells us, lives within our spirit. And according to the word, we have an unction from the Holy One. We have an anointing from, 
from the Holy One that remains and abides with us to lead and to guide us, to comfort us, to teach us, and to take us from one level of glory to another. We pray, Father, that we would learn how to honor Him, how to bow before Him in humility, how to receive His instruction, how to receive His guidance. Holy Spirit, teach us how that we may come to enjoy fellowship with you and to know you and to walk with you from day to day. We hunger for the things of the Spirit. And we pray, Father, that you will open our eyes and our ears and our hearts wider, increase our capacity to receive all that you have for us to the glory and honor of your precious name, so that we may become better witness for Christ, so that we may become better ambassadors for Christ in the world that you have placed us in. Pray that we may be able to influence those that do not know you, Lord, as they see the glory and the goodness of God in our lives. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks and praise. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.